The Less I Know The Better, Tame Impala, Dancing On My Own, Callum Scott. Oh, what's the other one? But, like, they're completely different songs, but they're actually the... Oh, Mr. Brightside, The Killers. All three of those songs are the same story, but really? completely different genres. It's about um, seeing someone you like or you've been with or whatever, like, go home with someone else in the club. Mm. That's exactly the same story. The oh. less I know... Oh, the less I know, the better. Yeah. yeah. Jealousy, and then Mr. Brightside turning into... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into- yeah. Wow, um, that opens up a really good conversation. Welcome back, Katie. Hi, how are you? Very good, very good. So you came on last time, quite a while ago mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And we spoke about your particular podcast that you had. Mm-hmm. But obviously you're a fellow music student. I am, yeah. So let's talk about music. Let's get into it. Yeah, that's obviously <laughs> how we met. Yeah. So um, might as well talk about me. I mean, I went into a bit of a tangent last time about like musical theatre, but obviously that is just like something that I love to do on like a leisurely basis whereas like I'm still doing it as a degree so it'd be really great to talk about what that entails really yeah exactly so what does it entail what is your because there's obviously different music degrees so what is your main focus so I think when I was looking to study at university I was like I want to look through my like my A-levels which one would like excite me the most and I always went to music but I think there's so many different types of music courses like all over the country that And they were all so different. I really wanted to study one that was like, kind of, and I say this with like quotes, but like more academic. So like there was like the study of that I'd still be writing essays. It wouldn't be completely performance-based or composition-based because they weren't my strengths. Like I really loved the essay writing and the like, well, love's a strong word for the exams, (laughs) but you know, like I liked that side of music that I got at A-level and I really wanted um, my course to reflect that. So I think that's why I really liked Leeds, Um, but I sound like I'm doing an open day, um, but yeah. <laughs> Got to sell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a great course and I think it offers so much. Like, I've not done any performance, which I think we were just saying off air, like, when you say you do music, people automatically ask you, oh, what's your instrument? Which, like, obviously, you probably do have a lot of training in an instrument because you're taking it as a degree. You've probably got that background. But equally, like, a lot of people I know, like, aren't performers. That is not why they're there. I've done performance and stuff, so like when I ask that question, I say like, "Oh, I'm a singer and drummer," but you very will, you will very rarely see me actually doing it, like anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've drummed for a few of the shows and stuff, and I love that, but God no, it just scares me too much. Like, there's that whole like I feel like you could go on for ages about that feeling of like imposter syndrome with like fellow musicians because everyone is so different, but you feel like you have to be the best performer just like to prove yourself or it's like that is not where everyone's strengths lie so I don't know why even in fourth year I'm still like I'm not a good enough musician (laughs) oh well do you think that's because obviously before you come into somewhere like Leeds doing a music course you're in a place maybe whether it's school or sixth Mm. form where you're one of the better musicians yeah definitely in that area and then you come and then you kind of realize how many there are is that what you mean a bit by imposter syndrome yeah definitely you go that like kind of big fish in a small pond and so this massive ocean of other music students that where they're all kind of the same sort of people musicians are very similar personalities I'd say as well in terms of like work ethic and motivation and then you get there and realize that you're kind of all on level pegging or even actually people are a lot higher um so it does really make you question it like in sixth form, there was only two of us that did it for A-level. Um, and we were on completely different instruments, so it wasn't comparable. But, like, it was kind of like I did a lot of the music stuff in my year because no one else 
like did music so like they all like a lot of them played instruments but like weren't wanting to continue it post school so like it was different for me um, and then all of a sudden you meet people that like, especially when you get there, everyone's like, how many grade eights do you have? It's like, why is this a conversation we're having? I was like, one. And they're like, oh, it's like, oh, sorry. Like, I, I was quite proud of myself for getting there. Like, mm. I don't know. And that's I think that comparison is definitely when you first get there. It does die down when everyone like kind of finds their focus. But I definitely think that it's still there. Like I went to brass band last night because my housemate's the conductor and it was great. But I was like, put on kit for the first time in ages and I was so nervous like I was like all these like people are really good at their instruments and I literally like it always shakes me up and I'm like I feel like I shouldn't be at this stage now um but you know still still get nervous so it doesn't make a difference I wonder if that's because as well it's harder to play in front of musicians who might know what you're doing and find it easier to spot a mistake whereas if you performed to an audience that let's say none of them were musicians that might be a little easier that's actually very true and I think I always find it really interesting because I come from a very like my parents are musicians like I was kind of like the odd one out going on to do music and so if I ever like picked up a guitar and played one chord my parents would be like wow you're so good like and I'd be like oh thanks even though I knew it wasn't that I was like that really wasn't impressive at all so then like going to like people that are like so that have maybe been brought up with like professional musicians as parents maybe very much more perfectionist with it like I've realized actually I've kind of like been congratulated on doing like the most basic of things and now like oh god no I really should probably improve so like doing it in front of other musicians can be really scary do you think that when you're growing up as well I've always been interested especially with children and even when you get to like a teenage when you get to be a teenager what kind of feedback do you most like because I think for example for me I'd be in a situation where I'd need quite a lot of positive feedback when I was growing up and now Mm. I'm not as bothered I actually prefer for example last night I did a chili and I wanted really honest feedback I didn't want to just hear oh no that's a great chili I wanted to know what could have been better so like now when I'm playing it's always what can I do better how how were you with feedback did you quite like the when you were growing up yeah that's an interesting way of looking at it I think um I don't know, I think there was a lot of, like, probably internal, like, comparison with, like, other... Because, well, voice was my main instrument, like, growing up. Drums was, like, kind of on the side. Um, I think I kind of... I'm not going to lie, like, I love... I appreciate the constructive con- criticism, if it's constructive, in another context. But I think music I was always very sensitive with. I think it would be, like, a massive, like, confidence knock if someone was like, oh, try, try that. Like, I think growing up it would make me feel like a rubbish musician if I was like told I wasn't great I don't know what that means about my personality but um <laughs> and I kind of like didn't really believe it when someone would give me a compliment as well I was quite like perfectionist with it but like also but then I'd go home and mum would be like so lovely I'd be like oh maybe I'm doing fine I don't know like I never really knew where my standard actually was but I also knew I didn't want to be a singer so I didn't push myself too far so I, I don't know, but like, yeah, something like cooking, I'd want someone to tell me honestly, definitely, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's that finding that right balance, I think. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I guess when you put so many hours into something like uh, playing an instrument, for example, it does hurt a bit more if yeah. there's like some feedback that's not great, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also, some like, I always say to like my friends that are like more into performance, that like it's their main passions, whatever. If someone's given them like lots of feedback, if you actually look at it, it's normally the really nitpicky stuff. It's like 
that overall performance was incredible but they're going to pick out like five things tiny things that probably aren't that important just to give you some feedback because it was so good and they don't know what else to give you whereas actually if it was kind of average they'd probably be like yeah good do you know what I mean like I actually think that sometimes the better you are the more constructive criticism that you're going to get because they want to work alongside you as teachers and help you improve um so but yeah it can be so hard like some of my friends are the best musicians I've ever met and they do not believe it for a second um so it's, it is really interesting how people's framing of it changes um a lot of the time it seems like with yourself and other musicians that they're a little too harsh on themselves like they're very yeah. good and you need someone that's a non-musician to go to almost be amazed at what you're doing and then you're like wow obviously I am of a very good standard yeah yeah no I guess I guess it does it does really depend and I I think a massive thing is like maybe coming to like the end of my degree and kind of being like I'm going to tell people I do music have I got anything to show for it like has my musicality improved in four years like I've learned so much about like music history and like aesthetics and philosophy and like psychology which we'll probably go on to talk a bit more like but like have I actually improved on my skills on the piano? Probably not. Probably got worse. But mm. like, but that, but because I know that that's what my degree is consisted of, I don't need to prove that to anyone. But like, it is interesting. I do think like how much performance. Though to be fair, I think as a drummer, I've definitely improved um, just for putting myself out there. But if you don't put yourself out there, then it's all about what you make it, I guess. So Definitely. Yeah. So with regards to looking at the course, for example, what have been obviously you're in your fourth year now Mm -hmm. so what have been some of the I think two questions what have been some of the things that you've really enjoyed about the course Mm -hmm. and how has your approach to what you want to do with music changed over time if that makes sense ah interesting yeah so I started off in first year doing the BA just music um, and I actually swapped in second year to the integrated masters which is why I'm still here so I guess that has definitely been a change. So the Integrated Masters is focused on music psychology. And going into uni, I read a couple of books on it and I found it really interesting. Um, and But I also was like, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. If I start this Integrated Masters, I've actually never studied music psychology and, and I hate it. Like, will I be able to back out? So like, I was like, oh, I'll take modules in like, everything and just kind of see where my strengths lie. Um, I like... I, one thing I found really hard going into it was whilst I found I found music history in A level music so interesting and everything. I love like the twentieth century and like when things with all the changes in society, like how the changes in music happened, I found that so interesting. But then I realised that writing a history essay, loads loads of music students have often taken music history and another subject. Like it's actually really common, um, just because of the way their brains work, the way it is. Um, so they've been writing history essays for years and I came in like, I have not, I don't think I've ever written a history essay. I've not done a piece of history homework since I was 13. So like, I didn't take it to GCSE, let alone A-level. So all of a sudden being asked to write like a 4,000 word essay on like, um, the cultural impact of Vienna on composers writing, I was like completely out of my depth. Um, whilst I find it really interesting to study, first and second year compulsory history modules were not the best for my for my grades. <laughs> um, I love the theory, I found that really interesting. Um, I wanted to continue, I did it first and second year, I wanted to do it third year, but I didn't really have enough credits, which is sometimes a problem. I did philosophy, which is aesthetics of music. Did you, did you take that? Is that music and aesthetics? Yeah. I haven't, I didn't take it. What was it like? Hard. In, like interesting in principle but also like 
so complex. Like, I find it really hard to describe to people like what it was because people are like, music and philosophy don't go together, but it's like, it's dating back from like the earliest days of like humankind and like the basics of music and what place music had in society and in and as a human behavior sort of thing not in a necessarily in a psychology point of view but like so for example people like plato and pythagoras were also musicians and they applied all their mathematical principles like to the tuning of these old instruments and everything and like music was therefore a massive part of their culture in the medieval times it was one of the only five subjects you could study at university and nowadays people are like oh you do a music degree that's nothing whereas like so it's like using these philosophical like um massive figures and showing how important it was in their life and then it moved forward and we just like had these exams on like philosophical texts that talked about music and it was so hard like at university philosophy is so hard so doing that when you've never done it before was really difficult um and then the second half of like the year you had to write well throughout the year you had to write reviews of either a performance an album or a song that you enjoyed and relate or not necessarily enjoyed and relate it to a philosophical principle so for example plato said that the poetry of music is more important than the music itself so i compared that to like mahalia who's like an r&b singer her new album i compared that like those, <laughs> it was so weird but it was actually really interesting it was good for journalism sort of things um what, what do people do if they choose that module is there anything you can apply that to in everyday life or your a career i think it's definitely like it's kind of like that similar route of like history and philosophy and like it's very good for probably i assume like academics that are going to go into that kind of historian research and but i think there is also there was a massive link with like kind of psychology as well which some lectures were quite interested in um i was quite interested in because it talked about how like music was used as like the basis of therapy back in a time where like people would treat sadness as like an ill like melancholy in the medieval times was like oh you've got low levels of oh i don't want to get this wrong but like there's something out of whack in terms of your bodily fluids use music and it will balance it out and they genuinely believe that back then and that's like the basis of like the thoughts of music therapy so i guess there's an element that goes connects that the criticism definitely was like relevant to kind of if you wanted to go into like journalism and stuff. So there was quite a few different routes, but it did also seem like quite a rogue module. But music aesthetics is apparently quite massive at university courses, but I just never heard of it. So yeah, it was quite good. Um, but then I guess I fell in love with psychology. Um, Do you remember much of the the first year? No, <laughs> not gonna <laughs> lie. I well, I do. I remember like the rough. Um, I remember the projects we had to do and everything, but for first and second year on the integrated masters is exactly the same as the BA, so it's a very small part. And then third and fourth year, you go from taking twenty credits of psychology to eighty, and then one hundred and twenty of pure psychology. So like, I don't really remember much of first and second year because, but all the topics that they introduce you to, um, you keep going back to. You always keep going back to. Like it's the origins of the research. So like you always find. Oh, I actually spoke about this in first year. Um, I think a lot of people took music psychology, a lot of people took it from doing psychology at A-level and that definitely gave people like a head start. So for people that don't know, like the psychology of music is literally the psychology of music. So any psychological research that is applied to like the use of music, how it works and like the mind, the body, the soul, like how it helps um, 
as like psychological medicine how it can why people have preferences why people um are musicians and others are not how musical development helps why do people get anxious performing and others don't why do we use it in sport why do we use it in um dance and like all these different elements it's just asking the questions and doing the research to find out the answers is the easiest way um do you think there's any particular branch of that that you've mentioned for example i'd say a few that really interest me are music and exercise mm-hmm. so how music can probably from personal experience how music can literally change your exercise your performance or your mm-hmm. mental state towards that mm-hmm. and probably looking at i had a debate with charlie about nature versus nurture so i'm mm-hmm. also very interested in the psychology of are are some people innately made to be musicians mm-hmm. for example so what kind of really interests you within that branch of no um, I definitely agree like I think the sport and exercise is really interesting because it's probably the area like I've not studied I've not done an essay for I've not done much research for but it always keeps coming back and in I mean in my master's year now we do a module on well-being um and we talked we spent half an hour of the lecture the other day talking about just why sport is good for the body and at first we were a bit like what's this got to do with music um, and the lecturer got us to like walk on the spot for literally 20 minutes while he was lecturing lecturing to us, which was quite funny, to be fair. Um, not great for a group of very tired um, people on a Monday afternoon, but it was <laughs> funny. Um, and it kept coming back to like actually how much... And he asked, I think it was this lecture, if you didn't have music on, like what is your incentive to do sport um, with or without music? And I just said, like I wouldn't do it if it wasn't on. And that was like a lot of people's group. Some people love to go on a run and listen to their own thoughts and nothing else. Some people, but it's very rare that you find that people go to the gym, for example, and don't have headphones on or listening to something. Um, So I find that very interesting how we all nowadays, with the accessibility of like iPods and then iPhones and the ability to listen to music, like how we now can't live without it. Um, And yeah, there was a girl in the above me last year who was doing her dissertation on... um, music and sport and she played different genres of music and got you to do um like curl what do you call them bicep curls yeah mm. okay got the word <laughs> um bicep curls with like a small weight and then she counted how many you did depending on the bpm of the music that you're doing it to and like even though i've never looked into it it was actually really interesting because i was subconsciously speeding up um, and then other times I was slowing down and I didn't even realise. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. I might have to talk to her because in my project for psychology, obviously mm-hmm. this is group work for this third year, so yeah. I'm not too sure how it's going to go down. But I really wanted to basically research in topics, sorry, in studies that have already carried out to figure out what music, what are the qualities of music that gets us to exercise the best. Mm. And then using that research, I'd then go on something like Logic, for example, which is a a software you can use to produce, compose music. And then I'd then compose a track that's optimum, absolute. So it doesn't have to sound very good, but it's optimum for exercise. Wow. And then I'd play, maybe ask participants in a study, play a few different songs, including this track, and see how it goes. Ah. And see whether you can create the optimum track that has maybe a high BPM, mm. enough s- changes that stimulate someone as well. So it can't just be maybe solid, but then we get into a topic of preferences and working yeah. out that. So I'll have to see, maybe maybe I could um, do that later in the year. That would be really interesting. I think that's a really good project because yeah, you could do like a survey at first to see what people think 
without thinking too hard about it, what they think the characteristics would be, make that piece and then see if it actually works. That'd be great. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. that'd be so interesting. That big project is, is 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 fun to be fair in retrospect, but like it's it's a big project. What was it like eight thousand words? Mm. Yeah. We did ours on um what was it? <laughs> um basically music performance anxiety um and how it differs in terms of like personality types you know like enfj and all those um myers-briggs we did the test from 16 personalities which is a website which based on the myers-briggs personality inventory and then we gave people a performance anxiety scale and then we saw whether they're like personality whether certain characteristics were similar and whether overall personality types were um similar and we found actually quite a bit like we didn't have a massive sample size so we could only draw from what we had but like for example all our brass players um were all the same personality type and experienced like the less the least amount of anxiety which was a really weird three-way correlation okay and there was only like there weren't even that many of them but they all had like the exact same characteristics and the exact same like i don't even know if they were friends like it was just really random is Um, that anything to do with the instrument they play well, that's the thing. That's, that was an ex- that was like we wanted to see the overall correlation between personality type and performance anxiety, and then we also asked them to see whether there was a correlation between either personality and instrument choice or instrument choice and anxiety. Because, for example, some people would claim that singers would be more or less anxious than an instrumental player. So we tried to look into that sort of area of study, but there was a weird like three-way comparison, which was really interesting. But yeah, I think I think looking in sport and exercise would be a really great because I don't think in our year I don't think anyone did that, so I think it'd be good. Yeah, definitely. Have you, you been given your groups? Do you think you can persuade them? Hopefully, <laughs> I'm sure you know it's quite an interesting task to, to undertake. Um, I think a lot of people would be interested in yeah, that. Yeah, so Fingers crossed. Um, I think so too. And then with, uh, so what other projects have you done or slash will you be doing for your dissertation this year? Yeah. So, um, well, one of the projects last year actually inspired like kind of the basis of like the research methods has kind of inspired my dissertation but just with a slightly different topic um so last year we did that big project like you've got this year but then we also had to do a research methods module so we did one on qualitative data so how to conduct like interviews um and then we did one on quantitative where we got taught stats um and everything and how to measure that which was really helpful um the qualitative one so i want to do a big interview study this year for my dissertation um and our study last year was on like how does music as like leisure there's a study that says like there's a casual versus serious leisure casual is like very passive like listening to music when you walk to campus and then serious leisure is like actually like learning an instrument going to orchestra going to a choir you know how does engaging with that like without doing it as a degree like impact your life like what are your in what what is your motivation to go every week like why um so we interviewed like five people we were in groups as well five people and yeah the brief was like they couldn't study music because we thought that like it would be a different answer for actual music students um and so this year i'm doing my dissertation on amateur leisure participation in musical theater um and how that affects like um, subjective mental well-being. So with more of a specific aim on like mental health, I want to do a similar sort of thing, like people that don't study musical or theatre as a career, like progression sort of thing, people that do it for fun, 
like why do they do it what is it that makes them happy about it what makes them not feel great other elements of perfectionism like comparison confidence that can like affect your enjoyment and stuff like that um so yeah I'm going to take the kind of interview like idea from that and then bring that forward and then our stats one we did are musicians more or less um emotionally intelligent than their um like non-musician counterparts so we got people to do a musicality test and then we got people to do a um emotional intelligence test and at first there was absolutely no correlation and it was the most depressing thing when you are stressed and you are writing an essay it has to be like five thousand words and you've got all these stats and your scattergram just looks like a kid's drawn a load of random dots <laughs> and it was so annoying but then we split it up into like smaller elements and we found some slight correlations but turns out no there is no connection between emotional intelligence and musicians but mm. i thought there would be but Oh, well, maybe we needed a better research. Thing, but yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. It's really nice that you get to carry your own projects and then find out answers for yourself. As yeah, well. definitely. Because yeah. I think it like adds to that kind of even if we don't well, obviously don't publish them as just students, but like it kind of adds to that overall level of like questioning that like psychologists love to explore. And I think I love doing that sort of thing. It might be stressful writing it up and doing those literature reviews that feel like they go on forever, but like they're quite fun researching and talking about like afterwards when the stress is gone yeah yeah 100%. there are as you've you mentioned a few different topics there's just so many types of yeah so like psychology routes you can go into with music mm-hmm. um even so far in in this year we we'd studied uh, mozart effect for the first week yeah which was absolutely brilliant it um, is so interesting because you you grow up or i grew up thinking that that was true and it's not necessarily not true, but it's certainly there's not much correlation at all no. between listening to Mozart, especially when you're playing it as a baby. And yeah. it's crazy to think that that all came about from one small study yeah. that looked at college students. And then there was a whole thing in the 90s about how playing Mozart to your children would improve their intelligence. Um, but that was fascinating. I think they, so they focus on it so much, didn't they? Like mm. they kind of saw like, oh, there's a possible connection here. And then it blew up in the media with people not really knowing much about it. And then all of a sudden people looked at it and it was like, there's some proper methodological issues with this. <laughs> like, hold on. I don't know if this is true, but it's so interesting. I've read, yeah, some books I read like before I came to uni, like there's always a chapter on like, just playing Mozart to your kids, help them. Like it's, it's a massive talking point, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. I think we might have touched on this in the last episode that we did, but how do you mainly use music? There's a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. obviously we talked about exercise, there's studying, there's socialising. Like what, what are the main ways that you use music and what what type of music do you use? Interesting question, because I think I, I use it constantly. I feel like I have a very permanent soundtrack to my life. Like I always have like a headphone, not in an antisocial way. If I'm with people, I really <laughs> don't have a headphone in, but... Um, I think I'm a massive person for like making playlists for moods, for situations. I have like, when I start a new playlist on Spotify now, I think it's like playlist number 100 and something. I don't know, like I make so many. Um, And I use it kind of like for mood regulation, for like keeping me like entertained. I use it while I'm working. I use it, yeah, the social context. And I use just different genres, different types of music, really depending on my mood. Like, um, I really love to look into, like, what makes me tick kind of musically. Like, I find it so, like, you might agree, like, when people say, like, oh, they just don't have musical preferences. I just, it absolutely baffles me. It's crazy. I've met a few people who 
who do that or who just listen to like then they go in the car they just listen to radio yeah i just think what and it doesn't it just goes in one ear out the other (laughs) they don't have any opinion they don't have i know i want to research that i find that really interesting because i just don't understand how people don't like and everyone is like different i can understand that everyone has different opinions on on genre on artists and everything but like the idea of not liking it full stop completely baffles me uh (laughs) so yeah i think i don't really do a lot of sport or exercise i used to dance a lot so i guess music was a big part of it then um with with studying i've always i've really been interested in what music because i think again we spoke about it in the lecture what music is good for studying because Mm. there's something tells me that if you had too many lyrics in Mm. while, while i was studying i would lose focus yeah and piano like piano works in the background or like classical music but recently i've discovered kind of really low techno or mm. or house music low hip-hop yeah, like. yeah, yeah yeah and that really works for me because mm. there's no there's no lyrics there's not much changes mm. um to be fair i do work quite well without music sometimes okay. as well because i think the music can draw your attention but then there's also been studies suggesting that it does stimulate your mind particularly if you maybe listen to it a bit before um do you listen to any music and yeah i think it is a really interesting question because i think it i think it really depends because i'm one of those people though that's always i think i have slightly undiagnosed adhd and i just have my own methods of working but i've always found well when i was at school and a levels and doing my homework i always needed the telly on if i didn't have the telly on or or music then I couldn't concentrate because I find I almost split my attention span into two parts of my brain. One needs to be entertained like a child so then (laughs) the other one can work. Mm. So something like I don't mind, as long as I'm not singing at the top of my lungs because then that's distracting another part of my brain, I don't mind what music or a podcast or television, as long as it's not taking my concentrating attention away, I can have whatever on. It's just like kind of entertaining that passive side of my brain that I think I need to do. So it'll be a TV show that I've already seen loads of times that I do, like a comfort show that I don't need to concentrate on. A podcast that like, a podcast is a nice middle, I think, because it's like someone's talking to you, but you don't have to respond and you don't have to watch it because it's all audio um, or, and you can't sing along because it's not music. So I think (laughs) I do find that as a nice balance. Um, But I tend to just kind of put my current playlist on or... I've got a playlist called Working Hard or Hardly Working, which kind of is just like a little bit more relaxed, but I don't limit myself to just that. It really depends on, I guess, my mood as well and how well the work is going. Maybe I need my happy playlist on if it's stressing <laughs> me out. I don't yeah. Well, yeah. Um, is there a limit, like in terms of making a playlist? I mm-hmm. think that's so key. Like, admit, I was having a go at my housemate the other day actually because he's got. <laughs> He's, he needs to arrange his, his playlists mm. in a more like succinct way I feel um, because then you obviously can do it for a particular mood mm-hmm. do it for a particular occasion whether it's just like um, like background music yeah. um, music for a party so like 2010s yeah. um, pop music or just even music for walking and stuff um, what, what kind of so you've got like a happy playlist what kind of other yeah like I was actually walking to uni with my house party plays on this morning because I needed to walk faster so I put that one on um I have yeah different parties different themes I have I will make a current playlist every month or six weeks or so which is like just current favorites which not necessarily genre based it's just like and then because then I connect them to like memories and sometimes I like to go back to like my 2020 January one and I'm like oh I loved these songs at the time and then I'll make a new one and sometimes I'll drag the last few from that month over and then start adding more on. 
I also have like mood based playlists. So I actually had a lecture the other day, which was so interesting. And it was 9am on a Monday morning and I wasn't going to go because I wanted to lie. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm actually really interested in this topic. So I'll, I'll walk away. <laughs> um, and it was about the enjoyment of sad music. Why is it that like people love to listen to sad music? Because I make mood based playlists as well. I make happy songs for when I'm feeling happy. Um, I make happy songs for when I'm feeling sad. And then I make like really niche emotion playlist that like can't really be explained in one word or one phrase or even articulated well by me at all but like i'll put like a group of songs that kind of like have the same they might be completely different in mood in terms of like one could be like kind of more of an indie song one could be more of a ballad but like actually if you break down the lyrics they're all the same emotion at the core of it um i love doing that um i have one that is like oh the less I know, the better. Tame Impala, Dancing on My Own, Callum Scott. Oh, what's the other one? But like, they're completely different songs, but they're actually the. Oh, Mr. Brightside, The Killers. All three of those songs are the same story, but really? completely different genres. It's about um, seeing someone you like or you've been with or whatever, like go home with someone else in the club. Mm. That's exactly the same story. The or, less I know. Oh, the less I know, the better. Yeah. yeah. Jealousy, and then Mr. Brightside turning yeah, yeah, yeah. into. Yeah. Well, um, that opens up a really good conversation because yeah. I really criticise myself. I do not listen to lyrics enough. So the fact right, okay. that I, I love that both two of those songs mm. um, is less I know the better. Yeah, it starts with a really, really nice guitar riff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think like I should know this a bit more. I, the only genre is really like 90s rap and hip hop. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking at the lyrics while right, I'm okay. listening to it. but. Yeah, I definitely should. Now that you've mentioned that, I, mean, I had no idea. But yeah, if you do listen to take yourself out and try and really listen to what people are saying, mm. because sometimes like with David Bowie, for example, it makes yeah. no sense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, not yeah, all yeah. not all of his songs, but then other times they, they tell a really good story. Like Alt-J uh, Fitz Pleasure mm-hmm. is a song about like assault, I think, for right, example. Okay. Um, and you don't know that until someone tells you and then you listen in. Right, okay. Um, so do you make a conscious effort then to listen to the lyrics? Or... Yes, I know. Like, I feel like sometimes, like, a lot of the time I won't, like, and then I'll just be kind of, I'm a massive fan of lyrics. Like, I think that that is what kind of makes a good song. So, yes, I do. But also, like, something like The Last I Know The Better, Mr. Brightside, which are kind of, like, classic party songs. Like, I'll be like, oh, great song when it comes on, and I'll sing along, and I know all the words. But, like, I don't know what I was doing, but all of a sudden I was like, these are the same song. And, I, and then after that, I kind of listened to them in a different way. Um, and then I'll kind of fixate on them because I'm like, oh, that's so exciting. I've just figured that out. And then I'll just forget about them again for a bit. So, um, but yeah, I think it really depends on the context of what, when I've heard them. And if I've got headphones on as well, I will, I'm more likely to listen to the words, I think. And that's interesting. So just based on what they're about, they're in the same playlist. Yeah, literally, there's literally three songs in that playlist because I just worked it out and I wanted to jot it down. I love it. I just was like, oh my God. And I have other playlists. I have like, um... All I ask, these all sound really sad. It's not, that's not relevant, it's not related. It's just like, All I Ask Adele, uh, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, Carol King, Last Request, Paolo Nettini. There's something else. They're all about like, um, like lying in someone's bed, the other person's asleep, and like, you're like, Oh my God, like overthinking things. Like, they're literally the same, they're literally the same story as well. That's brilliant. I might need to do this. Completely different genres. I just find it really interesting. Like, when I notice it, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to put it in a playlist. Don't necessarily nice. listen to it very often, but like, it's just they're there. Yeah. So, yeah. 
there's a couple of other questions I had. Um, you touched on listening to music, mm-hmm. um, and that is something that doesn't get talked about enough in in terms of like people who listen to music just off their phone, mm-hmm. like have their phone playing out loud. That's a bit of a pet peeve for me. I can understand that. I get that because it's it's not the quality is not good enough. No, and I kind of think well, you should, either a speaker. Mm-hmm. or headphones and i just think it makes a huge even with headphones it makes a huge difference the quality of the music for me mm-hmm. impacts how i feel about it and how i'm going to respond to it um yeah. how are you the same or is that a bit <laughs> yeah no i i think i've noticed it more recently because i um i've lost my broke my beats headphones and oh, i've no. lost an airpod so i'm currently only got one ear or um or really bad quality at the moment. <laughs> so I have realised how important it is, the sound quality, because I like that kind of, like, all, um, all-encompassing, all like, really concentrating on the music feeling, like, especially, like, when you're on a walk. I, I know, obviously, some people say it's dangerous to go on a walk and not be completely aware of your surroundings, but that noise cancelling is really... My dad's got some incredible headphones um, that I wanted to take back to uni with me, but he would kill me <laughs> if I lost them. Um, <laughs> And I feel like that completely changes the experience for me. So, uh, and then also, like, if I'm in the kitchen or something, then I want to put it on a big speaker. Um, I wouldn't want to just have my phone. I do sometimes, I'm not going to lie. Sorry, a bit of a pet peeve. But, like, <sighs> I wouldn't I wouldn't choose to... Like, I would much prefer the quality to be better, to in, have the enjoyment out of it more. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And what do you think Spotify rats, top five, what do you think that can tell us about someone? Interesting. Um, I think I think they're normally pretty telling, to be fair. Um, but like, also, I think it doesn't necessarily encompass your whole scope of range because you might have just like really loved one album or two albums. Like, I go through periods where like I'll listen to like the same album like constantly on repeat. So of course, at the end of the year, that's going to be like at the top. But like, I might have spent the rest of the like time listening to other things as well but because that one's got more numerically it's like racked up more streams it kind of overpowers the rest of what you're listening to i hate the genre like thing when it tells you like your favorite genre i'm like i don't think i could be put into a box but i think the artist can be quite telling (laughs) don't Um, put me into a box spotify (laughs) yeah literally i'm like hold on i might be listening to a lot of well i think it's like kind of like no one likes to be told that their favorite genre is pop but you know what it is and i don't care so um but yeah i think it can be but i think yeah mine was my top artist was justin bieber last year but you know what it has been for the last what 10 years so i'm not embarrassed anymore i was at the time i was like oh my god i'm 21 years of age and my top artist is still justin bieber and i don't even think i listen to him that much anymore but apparently so funny i haven't listened to him for a while um i know i like his older stuff his two new albums are awful like i love him I'm supposed to be seeing him next year, but he just cancelled the tour. Oh, no. Um, his last two albums were rubbish, but up until, like, 2015, they were very, very good. Um, but, yeah, it still says I listen to him all the time, and I'm like, <laughs> you're baiting me out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. It it doesn't tell you... It tells you kind of a middle amount. Obviously, sometimes it seems to be... They seem to get it wrong with, like... For example, I'd still say my favourite artists are artists like Queen and the Beach Boys. Yes. But they never really appear in that because... Yeah. You know, I've li- I listened to them over a longer period of time, maybe mm-hmm. not as much. And something like I know something like um, Sweet Escape 
is probably going to be my top five this year because for some reason I just got that on a loop and I just yeah. absolutely loved it even though that's maybe not indicative of my overall music yeah taste. and your overall like, year like yeah, as well like exactly, yeah. yeah no I definitely agree yeah it's interesting my final question would Ooh. be what do you think of music and exposure so I've been very interested in, in seeing my music taste change for mm-hmm. example I mentioned techno and mm-hmm. that's since I've started living with people that really listen to techno mm-hmm. it's been on in the background that exposure to it has made me enjoy it interesting and I think that I'm worried in a way because exposure to music tells me about something about our musical preferences and that they're not as kind of obvious as as it seems right, and okay. that it's a bit of chance in terms of what you know exposure which is why people like pop so much not only because it's pop and it's been made to be pop mm. and popular music but because it's played so much people then like it more that's true but within reason there's a limit in terms of how much it should be played before it gets annoying so yeah i guess that would be my question what do you think of the link there have you experienced that yourself that's something i've never really thought about but that's actually really interesting because i think i think it can go, can go two ways i think sometimes if they're exposed to it too much like you said it can just become you, you can actually begin to hate it rather than begin to enjoy it um and like i think but i think there's also like other aspects of it that come into it like almost society like if you say like you your friends listen to a lot of techno it's kind of almost like that feeling of like belonging and like i guess associating that with them and then the enjoyment of that rather than necessarily like the music itself because i feel like your enjoyment of music can like depend on a variety of factors not necessarily whether you black and white black or white like that music for example slightly contrasting i have loads of music that i love um for drumming but i wouldn't listen if i wasn't playing the drums um and like the exposure of that has like helped me in some ways but not others so i feel like but definitely with something like pop i think that's pop is pop because it's popular that's literally where it comes from um, but i think a little too much of anything will make anyone feel rubbish i don't know like it's something i've never really thought about i don't really think i gave a very concise answer with that no no it's good i think it's something that i probably should look into a little bit more because i feel like people can become spiteful of like um music that's overplayed but also they can become like they love it more and it becomes a guilty pleasure so i think I think there's probably a curve with it. I think it like increases and then probably drops down after a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to research it, perhaps. To be honest, it's something that you can, yeah, definitely experience for yourself and, mm. and challenge yourself and think, is there anything that I don't particularly like genre-wise? Maybe, for example, my next thing that I might try is like quite heavy rock. Right, okay. Um, because I remember speaking to Charlie and thinking like, oh, he said, do you like rock? I said, I listened to a bit of ACDC and it... You know, he means like really heavy or progressive rock. Mm -hmm. And I do want to try and maybe listen to that in a few segments over the next few weeks. Mm. But I also don't really want to get into it, if that makes sense. So maybe I should pick uh, a genre or a type of music maybe that, that I don't really listen to. I'm kind of neutral about but maybe I would want to get interested yeah. in if that makes sense no I get yeah. that and I think it's a level of comfort as well people always go back to their genres that they're more comfortable with because that associates with like their identity and their, their their general like enjoyment but I think if you kind of expand your comfort zone then you might find that you really like it or you might find no that's not for me but I think it's a, like like with anything it's just trying something new I guess so it's worth doing and if you don't like it they do it again <laughs> fantastic yeah. great way to end it um and i think we could definitely have another episode where we talk about more 
many more music therapy, psychology yes, based definitely. questions. There are so many more avenues we could have explored. There exactly. 100%. Yeah. Save mm. that for part two. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.